listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this March the 5th in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with us is our good friend, Reverend Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, but my wife is coughing all over the house. (laughs) Did you quarantine her? No, I make her wear gloves. <laughs> uh, and a mask? Well, yeah, we're not quite sure what it is, but she's taking care of herself. She's really good at that. So <laughs> hopefully it'll be okay. The The problem is she wasn't able to go to church last night, and also she doesn't go grocery shopping, so I don't have any food to eat. So I'll be coming over to your house. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. You you were coughing, too. <laughs> yeah, I was there, too, but I got over mine. Yes. Well, hers is almost over. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, uh, coronavirus. Hmm. It's spreading, huh? Well, I don't know. Um, President Trump last night indicated that a lot of people may have it, but it's such a mild case, they even still go to work. Now, he wasn't mm. suggesting that they should go to work, but they were unaware that they have it, and then they get over it. So it's kind of interesting. I, I, I find it fascinating that the flu is killing a lot more people, but we don't have near the concern over the flu as we're having over this uh, other virus, so well it could have, well it could have, yeah I know quite a few died because of the flu but but uh, they're quote you can take a shot for it and not catch it yeah well you can still catch it it just won't be as bad bad yeah yeah and um, you found an article where of course there are people. Talking about this virus in such a way that it gives the impression that this is either God's judgment on the world or that the end of the world is coming. Right, yeah, they call it a pestilence or or a famine of sorts. And, of course, they use uh, Matthew 24, uh, where Jesus talks about the end times, and also in Revelations chapter 6, where he talks about the four horsemen, um, the pale rider being of death and destruction. Yes, what really bothered me with the article is a, a lot of these so-called evangelical pastors really don't know their theology And one of the articles that I was reading you sent me talked about that all the factors for the end days are now here. So we shouldn't be surprised if it comes at any time. And what they forget, there was never a time uh, in the world where all the factors weren't already together and could come at any time. Mm. Thank you, Louis Brighton. Yes, you know, he, he wrote his revelation. Yes, right. He wrote uh, the commentary on Revelations, and he he makes that exact same point that it, it, through history we have seen it 
and uh, especially the in what we call the end times, which begins with Jesus' uh, death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. Yes, in fact, I believe that the Bible talks about the end times in such a way that it doesn't matter when you are living, you should be thinking, boy, that could come today, if not tomorrow. And so you're always on guard uh, against this, and that's why you keep going to hear God's word, uh, receive the sacraments, and this kind of thing, so God can continue to prepare you for what could happen at any moment. Right. Well, probably one of your favorite topics is the Heidelberg Disputations. Yes, and why do you mention that? Well, in there, Luther discusses what righteousness and suffering that comes upon the Christian. Yes. Would you explain that? Yeah, he's got another distinction there that I think is really critical, where he talks about the distinction between the theologian of the cross and the theologian of glory. Now, what's the difference? The theologian of the cross, one of its main characteristics is it looks at your experience to try and decide what God is thinking, not only about you, but about the whole world. Whereas Mm. the theologian of the cross looks to the word of God instead to know what God is thinking and about the whole world. And for people to say, well, we really believe that this is coming uh, very soon, uh, the end of the world, because of all these things happening, what what they really forget is Jesus makes clear that it's going to come as a thief in the night. So if people are expecting it, don't think it's going to occur that day. There you go. Yeah, that's why I I was as I was researching this, I ran across the disputations, and it seemed to fit very well what you're talking about. Theologian of uh, of glory. Wouldn't you also say that that's a person of self-interest? Yes. I always like saying, although Luther says the theologian of glory, I like to say the theologian of self-glory. Because some people Mm. get the impression when we're talking about a theologian of glory, we're giving glory to God. No, you're giving glory to yourself, and you're trying to figure out what is God thinking about you. I mean, how many times have you had something happen to one of your members in the congregation and they come and visit you and say, Pastor, boy, what did I do to deserve this? Yes. And I say, well, wait a minute, didn't you confess that you're a poor, miserable sinner on Sunday deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment? (laughs) Now now you're contradicting yourself. (laughs) Well, what do we do? Well, it's not what do you do, but I mean, you know, when people are suffering from diseases or other items like that, uh, we need to remind them of of a s- sinful world that we've fallen into, uh, going back to Adam and Eve with the original sin that it, it affects our whole body. It's not necessarily anything that we we may have done, but uh, I mean, it's it's like somebody going into a, a house that where there's a bunch of viruses, they should expect to catch the virus. But, you know, 
uh, various illnesses, various diseases that it's common to man uh, is part of a fallen world. Yes, I remember when uh, the AIDS took over. I remember this evangelical pastor in the south of the United States saying, well, this is obviously a punishment against the homosexuals in New Orleans. And it mm. just so happened that uh, they said that about the flood. Remember that great flood they had down in New Orleans due to the hurricane? Right, right. Well, guess what? About the only area it didn't hit were where the homosexuals were living. <laughs> Oh, my. So what are you going to say that, well, God didn't let it hit there because he has no problem with uh, that kind of lifestyle? Of course not, because the word of God is pretty clear there. So this idea that these things are happening, they do alert us that the end of the world could come at any time. But there's nothing happening today that makes it clear that the end of the world could come today than if you were living 2,000 years ago. Uh, imagine the disciples. They love Jesus. They see him crucified and buried. I bet they thought the end of the world was coming. That's right. You know, I, yeah, as you talk, it kind of reminds me of, of, uh, of history. It's almost, uh, it's a little over 100 years ago that they had the, the flu epidemic of 1918 that swept across uh, the, the globes and hundreds of thousands of people were killed as a result of it. Boy. You could have thought the end of the world was then, too. Yes. But you see, the end of the world is going to come in a way, we know how it's not going to come, and that's by means of a flood. That, that's what the rainbow reminds us of. But right. who knows what other way it could happen. And it's just really interesting. Um, I like watching, uh, I don't like watching TV anymore, but I like <laughs> watching YouTube because there's no advertisements, although they're starting to put them in. But I saw a movie two nights ago. I was finished all my work the day, and I was kind of like looking at some kind of horror movie. And... Uh, this one was the Los Angeles earthquake. And hmm. it was really interesting. It was pretty good acting. And this woman had somehow guessed that the earthquake was going to be coming within 48 hours. And nobody would listen to her hardly. And uh, I, I know that they cannot predict earthquakes. So it was a made-up movie, obviously. But, of course, in the movie, the earthquake did come and killed 100,000 people just in Los Angeles alone. And it was a pretty good put-together. But there, anybody could have said, well, obviously, uh, the end of the world is coming. But it wasn't the end of the world. Uh, after the earthquake was over, uh, there were some other shocks that occurred after it, they were in cleanup procedure and starting to rebuild. And so the movie ended on a hope that things would get rebuilt. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, as I as I hear you, that the end of the world has not come. When the signs that we see in in uh, Matthew twenty four, they're just road markers that's telling us that someday Jesus is returning. 
Yes, they're reminders that he could come right now or he could come a million years from now. I know every time I say that, Mark Smith gets uh, upset with me. He said, no, it wouldn't be a million years. Well, we don't have any idea. We have no idea at all when he's going to be coming. It's going to come as a thief in the night. And so you're going to be walking down the street or sleep in bed, and all of a sudden uh, you as a Christian are going to be in the clouds of the air before the judge, Jesus Christ, instantaneously. No warning. Uh, one way or the other, we're going to be part of that return, huh? Whether we're at, here on the earth when it happens or we come and return with him when when he uh, uh, makes his second coming. Yeah, I had a dream once that uh, it was Judgment Day. And remember, the Bible says that Jesus speaks to the sheep on the right and then to the goats on the left of him. So in my dream, I made sure I was on the right. (laughs) Guess what happened? Jesus appeared behind us. Yeah, a little scary, huh? Boy, that was some dream. Yeah, I, I don't know. That was something. But be that as it may, that's what the church is here for, to comfort in the time of affliction and not keep saying that, well, this is obviously the end of the world, and so you better repent of your sins and this sort of thing. No, that's a message that should be heard all the time. That's the message mm-hmm. of John the Baptizer. There again is uh, Louis Brighton. The purpose is to move all people to repentance and faith before the end, which in turn serves the ultimate purpose of displaying Christ's majestic sovereignty. In other words, uh, these things happen upon us, but uh, it's to move us closer to Jesus. Yeah, I also was interested in the article you sent me was that where did this originate? And one of the options, and this was from an Israeli source, that it may have begun spreading from a Chinese biohazard facility located in Wuhan, China, which is the epicenter of the outbreak. And either somebody dropped a test tube or something and it spread to the people there, And before you know it, 25,000 had died as of February the 1st, with the infection total up to 154,000. Yeah, that that I I thought was rather interesting, too. And and it's how quickly it spread across China itself. Uh, And then, uh, as as the article says, uh, you know, you can be... On an airplane, one person's infected and is incubating, and uh, the whole plane is is uh, is at risk. And that's because all the air keeps circulating in the plane. It's a respiratory. Uh, yeah, it's 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 terrible there, and you're already seeing some of these evangelicals. Remember that guy named Baker although he had two K's in his last name, B-A-K-K. Yeah, Jimmy Baker, yeah. I just saw an advertisement by him that he has a drug that takes care of the coronavirus. 
Yes, for $125, you go to his website, yep. and he can cure. Oh, I, I yeah, tell you, you would think that after he had stolen money from people and had adultery with his secretary, that people wouldn't trust him anymore. But people are just naive, uh, and they so don't you, you, really look at pastors the way they should. True. Yeah, you had mentioned that. I went and found the article there, and... Uh, uh, the CDC, the, the place that works on disease center, said that uh, there is still no cure for it. They haven't come out with a vaccine. And you should be suspect of anybody that comes up with, with a cure. So I'm sure they've looked at it and said, no, it's not it. Yeah, when's the last time you sent a letter to the members of your congregation saying, if you will please send me a handkerchief, I will pray over it so your sickness will be healed. <laughs> and well, also a guy that, send a check with it. <laughs> you know, there's a guy out there by the name of Popoff that's uh, Miracle Water. Yes. He'll, he'll send you Miracle Water. And and if, if it doesn't uh, result in getting that check in the mail that you were looking for, uh, he, he will send you an email or, or another letter saying you need to throw some more seed money his direction so that the miracle will happen. Yeah, I've been uh, working on um, doing some videotaping of Bible classes and sending them to the university students that are in Macomb, uh, Illinois. And so I decided to buy a program that really tells you how to make movies properly. So I bought it. It was just $49, and it was really pretty well talked about. And as soon as I bought it, immediately up popped, well, you can get an upgrade to this now for $200. <laughs> get the better version. Yeah, and they won't tell you when they have upsells on these products until after you buy it. Now, you could get your money back, but it's quite a hassle to do that. And uh, I rarely do the upsell because mm. um, I've already been enticed by what I did buy is going to do. But people need to be aware of this. There's just a lot of people out there, and they're really out for your money. You know, it kind of segues a little bit into what we discussed last week about this fundamentalism from the Seleska article where, where they treat the Bible as a, uh, a miracle worker uh, for money, for wealth, for all kinds of things instead of looking for the story of Jesus and salvation. Well, we come back to that idea that people are being told, take a look at what you're experiencing, and that will help you understand what God thinks of you. So... Mm. Now, now, you see, I'm going to give you two examples from the Bible. Remember Herod, who was eaten by worms because of his wicked lifestyle, and God sent worms to him and killed him. Then you had a man born blind in John chapter 9, and even the disciples asked, who sinned, him or his parents, that he was born blind? See, that's just the thinking that when bad things happen to you, it's kind of a punishment from God. And Jesus says, right. no, 
he was born blind to show how wonderful the Messiah is going to be, and then he healed him, of course. So mm-hmm. the lesson from that is this. When you see somebody going through suffering, persecution, some accident or something, uh, unless there's a cause and effect, like if they were in a car accident because they were drinking, well, then that's a cause and effect, and they're living the consequences of their inebriation. But a lot of times, God is just allowing that to happen in order to strengthen the faith. Look at that blind man. After he was healed, he believed in Jesus Christ. Or to strengthen the faith of friends of such people. How many times have you gone to a shut-in who's near death Wes, and just been amazed how confident they are that they're going to be going to heaven soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember one one in particular. Uh, I, I was preaching a Saturday night service, and, and uh, they were waiting for me to come to her bedside and uh, went to her bedside, and we had devotions, some scriptures, you know, the 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 whole confession of sins, absolution, creed, you, you name it. I mean, we did we did everything, and she. They said that was the only time she responded was when when I was there giving the word. Yeah. Within five minutes after I left, they came out and said she was just waiting for you. She just passed away. Wow. To hear the word, that's what she wanted. This comforting message of the gospel. Very much like Jesus and Stephen, into thy hands I commend my spirit. spirit. And that's all that people need to hear is the word of God. And you didn't look at her and say, well, you know, you have this illness because you've been such a terrible sinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you talk about faith and forgiveness in Christ. And, that's right. And life, life in, in, with Jesus. So the main point we're trying to make today, all these people concerned about the coronavirus, that don't look at your life to decide how God regards you. Don't look at your experience. Look instead to the Word of God and particularly look to the cross. If that doesn't show how much the Holy Trinity loves you, I don't know what would. Well said. Very well said. So, it's a distinction between the theologian of the cross, who sticks to the Word of God, and the theologian of self-glory, who thinks that with all the good works I'm doing, I should have a more glorious life, and when I don't, what did I do to deserve this? (laughs) When in reality, what you deserve is eternal condemnation, and the fact that you're not getting it shows the mercy and grace of God. Yeah. He doesn't promise us a rose garden, but he promises to take us through the valley of death, through, through the pain and suffering. He's with us every step of the way. And that's why Jesus is compassionate. We talked about this yesterday a little bit, that that term compassion really means to suffer with. And he continues to suffer with us. And he did that, of course, exponentially on the cross and then takes all the benefits that he won for us on the cross and distributes them through the holy sacraments of baptism 
and the Lord's Supper. Uh, and thank God he did that for us. So we do pray for those who are ill these days and pray that it will not be an illness to death so that they may be around either as Christians to share the word of God even more or as unbelievers to hear the word of God and be saved. Exactly. Thanks so much, Pastor Reimnitz. And we'll look forward to see what you're going to come up with for next week. I'm Tom Baker. Thank you. Tomorrow's Open Mic Friday. God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.